This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 207. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, today we're going to talk with my friend Vance Henderson, who is National Brand Ambassador for Drambui. First, let's do a cocktail of the week, and it's the Drambui Honey Sour. It's one and a half ounces of Drambui, three quarters ounce of scotch, something not too peaty, three quarters ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice, one egg white, and three slices of ginger, fresh ginger. So muddle that ginger in your shaker tin with the Drambui, add the remaining ingredients and give that a dry shake. So no ice for the first time. Make sure your shaker's sealed up nice and tight before you start shaking. And uh, yeah, give that a good shake because what we're looking for is a nice uh, foamy head on, the, on our drink in the end. So then add some ice and shake it again. Use a fine strainer to, uh, so you're going to use your Hawthorne strainer and then a fine strainer as well to, to strain that into a chilled coupe glass. And garnish uh, just a few drops of Angostura bitters right on the top for, uh, to make it look, look pretty. I'll give you one little tip here I learned the hard way. When you're doing bitters as a garnish, uh, little drops on top, don't try to do it with a shaker bottle because it just doesn't work. You need a like an eyedropper type thing. So that'll make those pretty little drops that you can put on the top of your drink. But uh, if you try to do it with a, with a regular shaker bottle, that, you know, a bitters bottle with the, with the top on it, it's not going to work. Nice thing about the bitters garnish, though, it brings you a little extra aroma to the cocktail. So this cocktail is a nod to the uh, modern classic, the penicillin, the uh, which we, we talked about that two weeks ago. And uh, so that's with scotch, honey, and ginger. And uh, in this case, the uh, the honey flavors come from the drambui and the sweetness as well. So, uh, yeah, good drink. Next, we'll do a book of the week, and it's Contraband Cocktails, How America Drank When It Wasn't Supposed To by Paul Dixon. Mr. Dixon was recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records for collecting the most synonyms for any term in the English language. He compiled a list of 2,231 terms, meaning drunk, beating out no other than Benjamin Franklin, who published his own list called The Drinker's Dictionary. Mr. Dixon then beat his own record again and published a book called Drunk, The Definitive Drinker's Dictionary, containing 200, no, 2,964 terms for tipsy, blitzed, roasted, this makes me think about the old story of how the native people of Alaska had a thousand words for snow. Bartenders have 2,964 terms for drunk, and we've seen them all, haven't we? Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about Paul Dixon's book, Contraband Cocktails, and once again, we have Hazel to thank for this week's book review. Hello, Bartender Journey fans. This week's cocktail book of the week is Contraband Cocktails, How America Drank When It Wasn't Supposed to by Paul Dixon. There are many books on craft cocktails and many books on prohibition, but only Paul Dixon's book, Contraband Cocktails, How America Drank When It Wasn't Supposed To, combines the best of the two in a roller coaster read through the 1920s, fun and quick. Dixon contends that prohibition gave rise to the speakeasy and thus contributed to the craft cocktail culture as bartenders faced the challenge of using illegally distilled spirits, such as bathtub gin, to create something delicious for their patrons. The first half of the book is pure campfire storytelling, kicking off with how the man in the green hat kept the capital wet during the dry years and includes literary trivia referencing everything from Lady Chatterley's lover to, what else, The Great Gatsby. Dixon's extensive archival research for recipes is featured in the second half with its respective historical background and Dixon's own notes with a glossary of terms from A to Z. Contraband cocktails will both educate and amuse you as a welcome addition to your spirited shelf. Thanks, Hazel. It's time for that occasional segment of the show I call 
things I've picked up along the way. When I took the Bar Methods course last year, there was an entire class on shaking cocktails. It was taught by Danny Neff, and if I remember correctly, his brother Michael was there as well. They pointed out that it's important to change the way you shake every so often to avoid damaging joints and ligaments. You know, what's known as repetitive stress syndrome. I bring this up today because I did modify my shake a little bit this weekend, and I shook a lot of drinks this weekend, and as I record this on Monday, I have some sore muscles on my side, which must be because of the modification, and also probably because of the fact that I don't do enough sit-ups. So keep that in mind. Maybe you uh, maybe you want to have two or three different styles of shakes up your sleeve and uh, ro- rotate through them occasionally or even throughout the night. I pointed out during the class that this is not the only potential health hazard from shaking. Most people hold the shaker up close to their ear. Bad idea. This can ruin your hearing, so please give that some thought, too. As a podcast producer, I don't want you to lose your hearing. But seriously, folks, stay healthy. Bartending is physically demanding, and we are on our feet for way too many hours, and we need to take care of ourselves and each other. We're going to talk with Vance Henderson in just a minute, but first I want to tell you about an organization called CORE, Children of Restaurant Employees. CORE supports the children of food and beverage employees who are navigating life-altering circumstances or conditions. Without going into any gory details, uh, they've been helping me out tremendously with some stuff that's going on in my own family. So I just want you to be aware of CORE in case you ever need them, and you can find them at coregives.org, and you can reach them on the phone at 404 605-4690. Okay, let's talk to Vance. All right, we're here with Vance Henderson. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic, brother. Brand ambassador for Drambui. Indeed, indeed. People ask me, what is Drambui? And I say it's a sweetened scotch liqueur. Am I correct there? That's uh, it, uh, almost right, in a nutshell. Leave out the sweetened part. But it, it is, It's a scotch liqueur. Indeed. Uh, aged scotch whiskey that's been infused with heather honey, herbs, and spices. Okay. What kind of herbs? Uh, can't I told say. You, I have to kill you. I can't say. No, no, no. no it's definitely a, a secret uh, blend that they keep under lock and key. Right. And only about three people know that secret uh, essence, as we call it, at one particular time. So oh, I wow. am not privy to that <laughs> you don't information. Even know. But no, it, it's a part of a, you know that uh, legend of it having that mystery surrounding it. So How long has it been around? Uh, we're pulling right up on about 300 years now, so a little wow. bit over 270 years. So uh, 1745 uh, is when Bonnie Prince Charlie kind of brought that uh, his secret elixir over uh, to Scotland. And uh, 1746 is kind of when he went into battle. Moses' uh, name? Bonnie Prince Charlie. Okay. Yeah, so essentially uh, this young pretender, as they like to call him, wanted to come over and take over. Scotland to put his father back on the throne, uh, essentially went to war to try to take it over. He lost uh, incredibly in an embarrassingly uh, bad way uh, and kind of escaped to what they call the Isle of Skye. And he was kind of helped by a very loyal clansman there. So as a gift for being helped, he gave this secret elixir that he had uh, over as a gift. And it's just made its way throughout all of these years. Uh, so that's kind of like the origins of this legend that we have. It's a it's a bottle you see on just about every back bar, um, but it's it's versatile. I mean that that you were making a coffee drink as I remember. It's yeah, yeah, so that was awesome. It was coffee. That was awesome. Was it, so what was it? Cold cold brew coffee? Or? So we there was a cold brew coffee cocktail, and as you said, it is versatile. Uh, and what you said before that, it has uh, you can find it on bars all around, but it's kind of been pigeonholed in one particular place. Uh, of course, in the '60s, it was a very popular cocktail called the Rusty Nail that the Rat Pack enjoyed so much, 
when you know it was just at its prominence, but it kind of fell off and kind of got pigeonholed for only being known for that one particular cocktail. Uh, so because it's so versatile, we're really trying to showcase uh, just uh, how versatile it is that it can be used in many different realms. So as you saw, we're doing cold brew cocktails, uh, coffee co cocktails with Drambuie, and you can see them frozen cocktails and tiki and all of these different places that it really hadn't been uh, imagined that it could uh, work in those particular instances. But it is, and it does, and it's uh, working out pretty well. So you had the Bees in the Trees uh, cocktail, which features uh, Drambuie, Reka Vodka, a uh, little bit of apple cider, lemon juice, uh, and then I believe we finished it off with uh, a little bit of mint and a uh, freshly grated nutmeg, and then it had the caramel cobra coffee in that uh, from Chameleon. It was yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it goes really well with the coffee flavors. Yeah, it is. You know, those bitter notes that you get from uh, the coffee and those acidic notes really play well uh, with those sweet, warm notes that you get from Drambuie playing up on that herbaceousness that you get uh, from the heather honey, you know, which can only be found in Scotland. Um, you know, so you kind of play herb off of herb and, you know, acid against sweet. So it's really understanding what it is. And as I travel and work with bartenders, it's like once they be able to, they taste uh, this uh, magical liquid, you know, and then get those notes, get that big, bold, warm, sweet spice, then they can kind of start to contemplate how can I play against it and use it in cocktails. So it's really just opening up the, the thinking about how to use this legend. I get a, I get a leather flavor right away uh, and, and honey, and uh, that's what I get right off the bat. Yeah, it's, it's certain spices and herbs that you could pick out, but it's just the mystery of not being able to pinpoint that combination that we have. Yeah, so do you do any um, coffee pairings with it, like yeah. a, hot, a hot beverage, something we after have, dinner? We uh, have a slew, really, of cold beverages and uh, hot beverages. Uh, it really kind of kicked off with our partnership with Chameleon Cold Brew out of Austin, Texas. And with them, you know, I curated, uh, I mean, countless uh, cocktails that really showcase uh, different notes of Drambouille and then the different flavors of coffee that they have, their different expressions. Uh, so, you know, I've played with their Mexican uh, blend and their uh, caramel blend and their straight espresso or their vanilla. It kind of played off of those notes and kind of uh, heightened Drambouille. So our lead or hero cocktail of their partnership was the Java Royale. And a very simple build, stirred cocktail. You're going to take uh, one part of Drambouille, a half part of green chartreuse, and then three parts of their vanilla cold brew. Mm. Uh, stir that over ice, pour it over fresh ice, and then garnish it with uh, candied ginger. And there you get a more uh, rounded uh, cocktail that's not overly sweet, but you definitely get those herbal notes uh, from Drambouille. Uh, it's kind of you know tag-teaming with the green chartreuse, which gives you, again, those heightened sweet notes, but it's not overly sweet. Uh, a little bit of bitterness, you know, uh, what is popular now is Amaro's, so you get like those big, bitter, herbaceous notes. So it kind of plays off of all that and comes together really well. And uh, we actually did a, a collaborative package over Cocktail Courier uh, last summer, which went extremely well. Uh, so that's just one. And then you saw uh, the bees in the trees, which kind of highlights, you know, the more acidic and citrus notes that you can play off of with the, the coffee. And then I just finished one uh, because, again, we're showcasing Drambuie's versatility, so how it would work with vodka, how it would work with whiskey, which we've known for so long because of the rusty nail. But I paired it with uh, Monte Lobo's Mezcal, 
And for that particular cocktail, which I like to call Foreign Exchange, uh, we're taking the Drambuie, the Montelobos Mezcal, uh, grapefruit juice, fresh lime juice, uh, a little bit of cinnamon, and then we're mixing all of that, straining it off, and then we're topping it with uh, some tonic. So again, another easy, refreshing, approachable, uh, light uh, cocktail that you can enjoy uh, definitely more than one of. Uh, And, you know, that's kind of where we are, is just showcasing these different realms in which you know, this spirit can work. And, you know, it's super premium. You know, it has this amazingly rich history. Uh, and you can't uh, make this stuff up. You know, there are brands that try, but, you know, it's, you, you, I can't make it up. It's, and I think that uh, lends to why I'm so proud and happy to be with a brand that I can be proud of and stand behind because it, it lives up uh, to the hype. Right. What was your history before uh, coming out with Drambuie? So I've worked, I've been in the hospitality industry for about 14, 15 years now. And I started uh, in restaurants when I was in college in Washington, D.C. And kind of worked my way up through the ranks, you know, did the host role uh, while I was, you know, like freshman and server and bar back and dishes and all of that. And kind of worked my way up through the bar to the bar and running bars and um Bartender for some years, then moved from behind the stick to actually managing. So I managed a few different programs in Washington, D.C., and it was just stellar to work with well-established places and then open some places and build their programs up. You know, and then, you know, I kind of got recommended that uh, someone thought, I don't know why, that I had personality and, you know, (laughs) that I had a good uh, rapport in the city, so they uh, recommended me over to uh, possibly pick up a brand. So I actually started out working uh, with Hendrix Gin and a few other brands with William Grant & Sons in Washington, D.C., and uh, just applied for a more uh, large national uh, role. So uh, Drambuie kind of fit, and again, it's it was, a uh, to me, it looked like a, a, a brand that had a history and was rich, and you know, people like to say that I'm an old soul, and it kind of we kind of had that in common, but there was also some level of a coolness and or a swagger to it. And I don't necessarily say about myself. That's what people say about me. I would never do that. Uh, but nevertheless, we kind of had some uh, characteristics in common. So it's a good uh, tag team, uh, this living liquid legend with uh, the Bowie brother, as they like to call me, you know, making it around and you know, spreading this Bowie gospel about you know, really phenomenal cocktails and opening eyes about you know, how this brand can work across different spectrums. So yeah, that's kind of how I found my way, working my way up the ranks and now being on the brand side. And uh, it's cool. I mean, I, I think that being a brand ambassador for Drambuie, uh, for me, without question, is like the best job in the world. You know, I get to travel, I get to teach about this rich history, I get to talk about, you know, cocktails and make cocktails. I enjoy uh, uh, pleasing people and making people happy. And, you know, when it's you know, that, that level of hospitality, you know, I also cook. So between, you know, my history in, in cooking and then my history behind the bar, you're able to, you know, visualize and uh, create things with your hands for someone else to be able to enjoy. And that satisfaction that you get, you know, with when and if they enjoy what you make, there's really nothing that comes, you know, up to that. So in this job, I'm still able to hit all of those notes of event planning and creating experiences for people uh, behind a phenomenal brand. Funny, I talked to a lot of people, including myself, worked in the back of the house in the kitchen mm-hmm. and stuff. And a lot of a lot of people like to move out to the bar. Yeah, and it's people like the, you know, it's it's like almost being like a um, an open kitchen, you know, where you're yeah. making stuff right in front of people, but you get to see them actually enjoy it, you know. Yeah. And uh, like I was talking to 
saw the Teague one time, and you know he's he was he was a chef for the longest time. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I bet you're one of those chefs that used to bring out the food to the dining room yourself, right? <laughs> and he was like, Yeah, yeah, that was me, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, you actually get to see the people enjoy it. So. It is, and like I said, that that gratification and satisfaction of, of them enjoying something that you were able to create. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really amazing. It's almost almost like having a child. You know, I don't have any children, but I mean, I guess it was something you created and you look at it and it's like, ah, oh, this is mine. It's my baby, you know. <laughs> it's the same thing with my food. It's the same thing with my cocktail. So it's pretty great. So when we met in San Antonio and you tasted the cocktail and you enjoyed it, I was like, hey, that's a win. That's yeah, a win. Man. It's funny. When you go to these, these cocktail conferences, like, you taste a lot of cocktails, oh, yeah. you know, and then for one of them to actually stick out in your mind, like I, I think every year I've been to Tales, like, sure. there's been one that just stuck out in my mind, and that's you know that's that's the special one. If you still remember it, you yeah. know, two, three, four years later, yeah, that's that's the one. So, well, yours, I, yours was that one for San Antonio for me. That. I appreciate <laughs> Not to that. insult anyone else. No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. That I mean, that particular cocktail was great, and and it kind of leads us to where we are uh, with the. The cocktail strategy or new cocktails that we're making, uh, one that we're really putting out there and trying to get people to try because it's so simple and approachable is what we call the Drambuie Collins. Very, very simple build, you know, which as I travel, I tell people, if you can remember one, two, four, then you can make this cocktail for any particular situation. So you're going to do one part of fresh lemon juice, you're going to do two parts of Drambuie, and then you're going to do four parts of club soda. A couple pieces of mint, build all of that over rocks in a Collins glass, Top it with the club soda, boom, bam, pow, and then you ask somebody how you like me now because the cocktail's <laughs> that good. Drambuie Collins, one, two, four. You should be able to build it in any situation. I'll try that. I'll try it. Yeah, man. Well, you hit, you hit all the things I wanted to ask you. I was I was going to ask you for a tall, refreshing, easy drink. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. And it works uh, happy hour if you're on the beach for you know general cocktail uh, menu or sitting at home and entertaining guests. Like it's. It's that uh, delicious, that easy. And then you could switch it up if you want to get fancy. You know, switch up the herbs, switch up your citrus. Uh, you know, maybe you want to roll with tonic instead of club soda. Uh, but you can uh, definitely work some magic with it. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun substituting a, a liqueur over simple syrup. You know, a Collins would normally be what you just said, except simple syrup instead of the liqueur. And I think there's a lot of room for interesting flavors, you know, Indeed. using liqueurs for sweetener instead. And that's one of the unique, uh, additional unique things about Drambuie is the fact that it's 40% ABV. So we're looking at like 80 proof. So it can stand alone by itself as right, the, right. you know, the soul spirit. Right. Um, so it works both ways. You can use it as a, uh, an additive or a modifier or an addition, uh, or it could stand alone as, as the hero. Uh, and it does stand quite proud as you look there. We've just got rolled out the new bottle, <laughs> yeah. which looks fantastic. It does. So indeed, it's a, a, a tip of the hat and a nod to this long heritage of bottles that we've had that always had like this dark, bold you know, glass and then the, you know, the crimson cork top here, broad shoulders you know, there that you see there, Bonnie Prince Charlie. So we're tipping our hat to the man who played you know, such a pivotal role you know, in this history. And then it gets sleek down there uh, by those sexy legs. So, you know, <laughs> standing looking good. Standing yeah, looking it's a good. nice looking bottle. Not not a huge departure from the old bottle, but it's uh, it's nice and uh, easier to hold, I think. Mm-hmm. So definitely a, a modern classic, uh, I think, is certainly fitting for Drambuie. Any other uh, cocktails you want to share with us? I think you got the, the good ones, man. <laughs> definitely remember that one, two, four, brother. Yeah, one, yeah, two, yeah. four. Well, this was awesome, man. Nah, thank you for the time, uh, man. Get that shake in there. Anytime, anytime. I'd be more than happy to uh, share 
some of this uh, bluey coolness. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks, man. Cool. Vance is a good man, so dust off that bottle of Drambuie and make some cocktails. Stay tuned for our toast. We do a toast every week at the very end of the show. But first, I'll remind you, my name is Brian Vincent Weber. You can find me on Twitter at Barkeep Tips. You can find me on Instagram, which I've, uh, I'm more active on Instagram than Twitter these days. That's Bartender Journey. And search for the Bartender Journey page on Facebook and like it, like that page. Hey, I think I mentioned last week that I'll be presenting at a seminar at Tales this year. Uh, I'm excited to do that for the very first time this year. And I'll be on the panel of a seminar called podcasting for bartenders so uh hey if you're gonna be down there i hope you come and see us uh, at the seminar and uh it's we have like the very first time slot wednesday at 10 a.m so uh hopefully you'll be awake and you can come see uh, see the seminar and uh if if you don't make the seminar or uh, you'll be you'll miss that day or whatever let me know if you're gonna be at sales and uh, maybe we can meet up for a cocktail that would be great Hey, if you're on iPhone, you can now leave a review for a podcast right from the podcast app, which, uh, like I said last week, why this took 10 years to sort out, I don't know. But now you can do it if you're if you're on the very latest update. Uh, 10.3 is the current version. So uh, it makes it a little easier to leave a review for your favorite bartending podcast. And it makes it easy to leave some stars. Five stars is the most. Not telling you how many stars you should leave. I'm just telling you five is the most. And you can do it right from your iPhone now. And uh, you just uh, search for Bartender Journey. Click on my purple icon for the Bartender Journey icon. And then you'll see, I think it says ratings or reviews or ratings and reviews. And uh, yeah, you can be like Barefoot Dad number one. He says... Informative, entertaining, and a must-listen. Brian Weber has a gift for hosting a fun, informative experience relative to both veteran bartenders and enthusiasts. Five stars. Thanks, Barefoot Dad. Hey, the Bar Institute Econo Tour is on tour as we record this. It's the beginning of April 2017, and I hope you check it out. It's uh, They're touring a, a bunch of mid-sized cities all around the U.S., uh, mid- and, and large-sized cities, and some smaller ones, too, all around the U.S. and even up into Canada. So you can find the dates and even some more info at bartenderjourney.net slash bi for bar institute i hope you'll go and uh it's just it's a one-day event but it'll only cost you five dollars which is donated to charity for classes and a pop-up event in the evening so i hope you'll go for more information on that you can go to bartenderjourney.net slash bi for bar institute all right here's our toast to wine those plump grapes immortal juice that does this happiness produce. Cheers, we'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast.